welcome back to the King Gamer podcast. Today we have uh, Luis, he's back, uh, filling in because Thomas and Kira are both not here. And we have Bennett, you're brand new to uh, both both King Gamer, but also the podcast too. So uh, thanks guys for coming in and helping us out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Well, we have... Yeah, of course, of course. And we have quite a few uh, news topics to talk about today. Cyberpunk 2077, we got the PC requirements. Finally, I've been waiting for those. We also got a little bit of information on the length, not an exact number. We did get a bit of a glimpse, though, of like how it's going to compare to other CD Projekt Red games. Uh, Xbox bought Zenimax uh, yesterday uh, as of recording. So by the time people hear this, it would have been a, little, a few days ago. But probably the biggest weekend news, I don't know, of all time, or at least in the last decade or so. Uh, and then PlayStation apologizes for a pre-order disaster. But, well, as we'll get into that later on, you'll know that uh, they're not the only ones who've had problems with pre-orders. And then, of course, we'll end off on our general topic, which is all about next-gen top uh consoles so xbox series x xbox series s playstation 5 whether you're digital or disc whatever we'll go over all that stuff on our thoughts in terms of the next generation of gaming but for now let's get into cyberpunk 2077 the pc system requirements which uh people can find an article on king gamer from me actually i did a whole write-up on it we got this through the third episode of night city wire their whole little uh showcase to give people info and a bigger insight into cyberpunk so the minimum uh system requirements is an os windows 7 or 10 which is pretty basic whatever same thing goes with the recommended 64 bit uh processor is an intel core i5 3570k or amd fx 8310 uh you need 8 gigs of ram a NVIDIA GeForce GTX 70, 780, 3, uh, 3 gigabytes, or AMD Raiden RX 470, uh, DirectX version 12, same thing with uh, the recommended. The storage is 70 gigabytes HDDD, but they do recommend SSD, and for the recommended, it is definitely SSD that they require, which makes sense. This game is massive. Um, Recommended again, same thing with OS and the DirectX and 70 gigabytes SSD processor. The what they were, uh, they rec they recommend in Intel Core i7 4790 or AMD Ryzen 3 3200G, 12 gigabytes of RAM, graphics card, and NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1066 6 gigabytes, or an AMD Ryzen R9 Fury. This is not what I was expecting. I thought they would be a little bit more demanding than this, but maybe they're trying to lowball it just because, you know, just to try and get people on PC to buy the game, you know, and if uh, your system isn't beefy enough to run it, then you may need to adjust things or upgrade or whatever. Uh, Bennett, what do you think about these system requirements? Uh, I definitely think that's like what's so beautiful about PC as a platform because a lot of people always talk about like, oh, you constantly need to buy super expensive hardware to play the games well, but you don't need the latest equipment to play the games at all, which is especially nice. Um, As someone who lives very close to Eastern Europe, uh, (laughs) right at the border of former East Germany, actually, um, I know for a fact that people there prefer to just have a PC that they'll keep for as long as they can. And considering that CD Projekt Red is a Polish developer, it only makes sense that they would have the same mentality of, no, let's just make sure that the lowest bases are covered while also like offering ray tracing for those that have the latest uh, GPUs. So I believe a good thing to have this big of a range in graphical fidelity and performance. Mm-hmm. And Luis, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I was also surprised by the actual, uh, the minimum in particular. I was expecting it to be a lot more demanding. I think everybody was. 
Uh, so this comes to show that they were actually working on optimization. Uh, like that was one, likely one of their um, goals here with this game. And I think you touched the point very well when saying that they need or they want uh, PC gamers to buy it because uh, doing it this way means that you have people from low or mid tier PCs uh, all the way to high end PCs buying the game. And it will work very well on most of them. I think the only, mm, well, what, what do you say, feature that was mm, around what I what I expected was the storage size. The 70 gigabytes, I was aiming for maybe 80 or 85, and it's not even that even. Uh, everything else, I was surprised uh, by it. I don't know, the actual minimum being a GeForce GTX 780 or a Radeon RX 470. I think uh, I was surprised with that and glad because um, I don't have what the recommended is, but I do have above the minimum, well above the minimum. So that's fine by me. You know. <laughs> okay. So you could run it. Uh, Bennett, could, do you think you, your, your rig could uh, run Cyberpunk? I have a GTX 1070 right now, um, but I, 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 which I assume, yeah, that's enough to run it. Yeah, right? it is. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> um, but, uh, since we'll be moving, uh, abroad soon, I'll be just building a better machine after that. So I'll be playing it maybe sometime in January okay. with, uh, all the best settings, which I'm looking forward to. Nice. Yeah. I'm way over-prepared, uh, cause I have a Intel i7 9700K. I have 32 gigabytes of RAM, and I have the the RTX 2070 Super also. So uh, I should be good. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do do like you know like the 4K ray tracing and stuff like that. But I'll be able to play the game at like high settings at the very least, you know. Um, but also, I think it depends on how well the game is optimized. Um, that could be a huge hinder. Maybe there. We don't know. There might be technical issues for PC users when the game comes out. So you might have a great rig, but the game might run like shit either way. So hopefully not. Um, and I do think that's a lot. It, to put on your SSD, though, 70 gigs is quite a lot just for like to put on your SSD. So that's another thing I think people should be aware of. But overall, though, yeah, it's surprisingly not demanding. And this is like one of the biggest games of the year. Like everything we've seen from like previews and stuff like that, this game looks massive. And the fact that it's just like, oh yeah, you just you kind of just need this and that, and then you're good. And it's like, all right, uh, I'll I'll trust you, uh, see Project Red. But you know, uh, I think it's more of about like we'll see how it actually runs in terms of optimization. But it's cool though. Uh, I think it's it's great that they're trying to make something not too demanding, especially since that can get a little troublesome for people who don't have those type of rigs, you know? Yes, sir. And as far as the SSDs go, I mean, it might be a big chunk, 70 gigabytes, but the prices have been uh, very low lately as far as SSDs, uh, to the point where I think it makes more sense to buy over 500 of SSDs instead of the 256 that people used to get uh, regularly before, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so let's get to our next story. So this is technically not actually quote unquote news but it's more of the giving a little bit of insight as to why this decision was made because a while back they they confirmed that see cyberpunk 2077 story like the main story would be shorter than witcher um witcher it was like ridiculously long like 50 60 hours and then with all, all the side content you could be playing that game for like 100 hours or whatever but it's so long where people would just weren't finishing it they have a lot a lot of people who've never finished witcher 3 and so that left a lot of complaints and uh, i have an article pulled up from games radar from vicky blake there was an interview with patrick k mills he's the senior quest designer at c project red and uh so he said the main story uh run in cyberpunk 27 is slightly shorter than the witcher 3 we got a lot of complaints about the witcher 3's main story being too long and looking at the metrics you see tremendous amounts of people played through the game really far but never made it to the end we want you to see the whole story so we did shorten the main story but we have lots to do and in terms of a completionist campaign i i just don't have that number 
Um, I think it's about like what we knew already. You know, like, I think that's it's cool because I thought Witcher Three was way too long. Uh, I've been known to uh, criticize the game over many different uh, areas too. I'm not the biggest Witcher Three fan, to be honest. Unpopular opinion, but I'm super excited about Cyberpunk, and I I'm glad that it's not too long. And if you want just the main story, you get in and out of that world, you're good. Or if you really want to invest you know 300 hours or whatever you can explore the world do side quests and or what you know all the activities and stuff like that i think that's pretty great uh luis what do you think Uh, i think it's a very intelligent approach having like the main shorter story and then a completionist side of it where you can spend more time um indefinitely well not indefinitely but more time definitely um i really like long games uh, i really like to immerse myself in the stories um maybe weeks on end if i if i can because i don't usually get to play daily as i as i wished um so i think it's a very intelligent approach to make uh, the main story shorter and have the option for people like me that like uh longer mm, i don't know gameplay and really getting into the lore and reading everything you find uh, that's how i play and i know a lot of people play like that and for that to also be an option i think it's uh, very intelligent on their side so i like it uh, i really enjoy the witcher 3 um, partly because of the size the um, sheer size of the story i really liked it there was always something to look at something to do um and as far as the people not completing the game, I think that's just something that's always going to happen. Um, I remember when I played the first Dark Souls earlier this year, don't laugh at me, I noticed that the achievements that you get for passing the story uh, regularly, not anything, not, not anything special, had a very significant difference in numbers. Like you get the first achievement and you would say, hey, 80% of players have this one. And by the time you get to the fifth one on that succession, it was like 20%. I was like, oh, okay, so people are not getting this far. Yeah, I think you see that in a lot of games too. Like, yeah. like most, like, I know it's unfair because maybe it's like, maybe it's more of a multiplayer game than a campaign game. But a lot of Halo games, like most people don't complete the campaign of Halo, you know? So they, they just mm-hmm. tend to go straight to multiplayer. So I think if you give people those options, you tend to... Uh, they may just do the side quests when you talk about like a big RPG like this rather than do the main story. So you have the main story go incomplete. So I think that is a, a thing. But as long as you know, people get what they want out of the game, I think that's the important thing. But uh, Bennett, what do you think? Definitely appreciate them shortening the main story because as much as I would love to get into The Witcher because I have like several friends who just swear by it and say the entire trilogy is amazing, I just am not willing to put that much time into it. Um, I am not as I used to be back in like high school where I would just get home and then play New Vegas on my Xbox for 12 hours and then wake up on my armchair and go back to school. I way prefer, um, especially games that are going to have like a lot of choices in them, like choices in terms of gameplay style, in terms of morality. Um, I prefer those to be shorter. Um, I really enjoy The Outer Worlds because it was just the perfect length for me to play one playthrough as a sneaky sniper good person and another playthrough as a genocidal hammer-wielding lunatic. And it was just way more fun to get two full playthroughs of these two characters than it would have been to just keep playing the same character for hours and hours and hours and to just kind of get stuck in a rut of just approaching every combat the same way of already knowing, well, of course I'm going to say the nice thing every single time. I, I definitely appreciate that they're making the main story shorter in that regard because yeah. I'd rather play it twice then play it once. Yeah, so it's just as you have the three different life paths in Cyberpunk. You could be the corporate or the the nomad or the street kid. And so if you 
and then you have like a million different choices you know in the actual quests and you know the world and stuff like that so i think that's a great way to i think replayability i think there's gonna be some people who are gonna replay the fuck out of cyberpunk like they're just gonna have like a million save files of different characters that they've made and you know different completion is like type of runs and stuff like that i think it's super cool um i'm weird where sometimes i usually like a tighter story like you said uh the outer worlds i mean that's one of the best games of last year you know uh and it's it's great because it's a it's an rpg is is very much like you know like a fallout game or anything like that but you just get in and out though it's like it it really takes you not like relatively not that long for that type of game you know and i think that's what what was so refreshing about is you can scratch that itch of like an rpg but you're not spending 200 hours in it. Um, and another thing I wanted to look at too is like, sure, like you're going to, I think Cyberpunk reminds me honestly of like the Bethesda model. Because if you look at Bethesda's RPGs and Elder Scrolls or Fallout, the main stories of those games are really short. Like Skyrim is super short to beat the main story. But yeah. you can spend 300 hours doing all the side quests and like doing all the stuff, you know? So I do, I like that approach better. Because I think the main story, if you just have a story that runs too long, I think you you can run into some issues in terms of storytelling. But if you make it nice and tight, you can get through the main story beats they need to get through um, without having any parts that are too slow or maybe not so necessary or any sort type of issues like that. Um, and then you get your nice, sweet, short uh, side quest. But you have like a million of them to do. So you get all these unique experiences and stuff like that. It's very much what I feel like that's what uh, Seed Project Red is kind of going for. And man, this is a game I'm I'm definitely going to be putting like hundreds of hours into this game. If it's as good as they say it is, you know, like, well, we'll see how we actually feel about the game. But in terms of what we know and what we've seen so far, I could see myself potentially playing a lot of this game. I just hope it's really it meets the hype, which I don't know. Like this game could be like the greatest success of all time or the biggest disaster in gaming history. So, oh, CD Projekt are very honest with how they portray their games to the public. So Agreed. I think we'll actually get what we're looking at, which in my case isn't a lot because I'm trying not to get spoiled too much. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. But they have a good track record, and even though I haven't played any of their games myself, I know that they're honest, so that's good. Yeah, because I know like a couple months ago they came out and were like, "Hey, of the thing, like we're delaying the game till November, and one of the reasons we're doing that is because we, the the melee combat isn't what they want it to be." Like, um, I I know um, of some like a bunch of uh people in the media got to play like four hours of cyberpunk a couple months ago and that was the big criticism as they all had to like the the melee combat's not that good and even they were like yeah we know we're we're working on it i think that's really cool being like yes this is not uh what we want it to be either and uh yeah i think their honesty is great i wish more companies were like that honest with it oh yeah but uh let's get no to our, the the big story like I can't believe I, I woke up to this, guys. I woke up, you know, like I wake up and I look through Twitter or whatever, and everyone's freaking out because Microsoft bought Zenimax. We have an article uh, for listeners if they want to check that out right on King Gamer, written by Alex Roberts. That's what I have pulled up here. So this is also because by recording, this is a few days old, but they and this news broke out yesterday. Today is the Xbox Series S and X pre-orders. So the fact that they announced this the day before the Xbox pre-orders is utterly insane. So they bought ZeniMax for $7.5 billion. So with this, that means they acquire Bethesda, both the publishing side of Bethesda, but also the development uh, side of the studio. Is Software, Arcane, Zenimax Online Studios, Machine Games, Alpha Dog, and Roundhouse Studio, Roundhouse Studios, and Tango GameWorks. So they could make Prey, Doom, Wolfenstein, Dishonored, um, you know, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, all the new games that Bethesda is developing, like uh, Starfield. This is insane. And, and if you have Game Pass, which I do, uh, do you guys have Game Pass? Either one of you. Uh, no, but I am for the first time considering getting it because of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Bennett, do you have a uh, Game Pass? I I got it last year to play the Outer Worlds. Um, oh, okay. 
I, I I get it when there's a specific game that I actually want to play. That's that fair. I'm like not interested in owning physically, or if it's like specifically just a PC game. Well, but whenever the... Starfield and uh, Elder Scrolls Six come out, you'll be able to do that because all these games from all these studios will eventually get to Game Pass. We don't know quite when. It, they just bought the studio, like they just announced they bought Zenimax yesterday. So it may be like a few weeks or whatever, but they'll get there eventually, and that's insane. But I do want to add one thing because uh, Phil Spencer also went on to CNBC talk about this whole thing and because i think there was a little bit of worries of like is xbox gonna really demand things from zenimax and all these studios and stuff like that and so what he said is our plans to leave it alone zenimax has an amazing track record of building great games our goal is to make zenimax the best zenimax they can be working individually with their studios on the great platform technology that we have getting their creators feedback into the things that we have that we need to go build that's just a critical flywheel for us when it when innovating getting the feedback of the world's best creators on our platforms so that's good i'm glad that they're uh they're kind of just being like hey you guys do your thing oh you need help with this all right here's some money here's some resources here's whatever you need to support them i think that's the way to go um but man this is just wild wild news luis what do you think um, I think it's took me by surprise as well. Uh, I think everybody was taken by surprise. Nobody was expecting anything like that because this mm, starts a conversation on whether or not they'll they'll make these games exclusive to yeah. the Xbox platform, which I don't think they will, based on the fact that they bought Mojang and Minecraft is still you know everywhere. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I'll be surprised if I if I see them make them exclusive because I think Microsoft understands the value of having their games on as many platforms as possible. But that's just me. And maybe. that's their whole message too: is like, hey, you, you we love video games too. You go play the games that you want to play on whatever platform oh, yeah. you want to play. Like that's been their big message, uh, especially in the last like couple of years. Um, however, so I, oh sorry. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, however, I do think that their game, uh, the game plan is to have these games from Bethesda and all these studios to be mm, optimized better for their Series X. I still believe the Series X um, has better performance in, in paper than the PlayStation 5s, both of them. Um, so I think maybe they're, they'll be more optimized for the Xbox Series X. Now, not so much for the Series S because it has a downgrading performance. But uh, at least for the Series X, I think it would be better to play these games there. I think maybe they'll be more stable or better looking. Um, I can't tell for sure. That's how I feel it's going to go down. Um, also, as far as the Game Pass, uh, that article with, what is it, Alex Roberts? Yeah. Um, has also, what I was going to mention, that the Game Pass already passed a 15 million subscriber mark, which by April was... I think 10 million. So it had an increase of 50% in like six months. That's wild. Uh, and I think uh, the Game Pass is doing what, what Stadia failed to do, you know, being the Netflix of games. Because oh, okay. just like Bennett said, uh, you, they have this game this month that I want to play. I just play it this month and I just play it this month. And that's it. And then I can get back to it whenever I find another game that I want. So I think they're succeeding more in that um, sort of a streaming kind of deal than the other competitor um, Stadia tried to do and failed. So far has failed at least. I don't think they're there yet. Yeah, um, I, think, I think they could get there, but who knows? Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they will. Uh, I like competition in that in that sense. Yeah. But it's not looking good yet. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, it. I think it's okay. I think Microsoft is good with their uh, with their IPs. Uh, I like their hands-off approach, but I do hope they do something about Fallout 76. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, Bennett, what do you think? Well, I think that um, Bethesda as a developer, like with Fallout 76 is a great example, and the, what was it called? The Elder Scrolls Blades? Um, yeah. Like really shows game? that... Yeah, 
that Bethesda as a developer is currently completely worthless. I'm going to be very blunt about that. Um, I think any change happening to the development side of Bethesda can only be a good thing because right now they are as low as they can go. Um, On the publishing side, it could potentially be a little problematic if Microsoft actually decides to make all of the like Bethesda published games exclusive to the Xbox and the PC. But I'm kind of at the point where I'm wondering if they will still kind of like how they're doing it with the Switch, with Ori and the Blind Forest and Minecraft and stuff like that, that they will still release the big titles like the next Doom, the next Elder Scrolls on PlayStation, specifically so people on PlayStation look at those games, look at the price tag of $70, $80, and they go, you know what? It would be a lot cheaper if I just went over to the Game Pass. I'm wondering if that might be some kind of sneaky tactic they might try to employ. Obviously, if that's what they're going to do, then that's still a good thing ultimately because it'll allow people on PlayStation to play the games that they've been looking forward to. But the thing that I am currently the most intrigued by is the fact that people have been talking about oh, now Microsoft can officially make their Super Smash Bros. clone. Where (laughs) I personally think think what they should do is make their own Overwatch clone that's a complete mashup of all of the IPs that they have because I want the Dovahkiin to shout the Doom guy off a cliff. That sounds like the most amazing game of all time. Oh my god, I love Overwatch. I actually just got into Overwatch like in the last like couple of months. Actually, I'm I know I'm late to the party on that one, but I I fucking love it. And uh, man, that would be incredible. Oh my god, you just made my own. Like someone give you like a hundred million dollar budget or whatever you need to to make this game happen. Like oh my god, that'd be yeah. Awesome. I think Full I think you're pleasure. on. You're I've on worked with Overwatch with the Overwatch League in the past. I translated a couple of articles for them oh. from English into German, <laughs> and I fucking despise Overwatch and everything it stands for. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's okay. figure I might oh, burn but... the bridge while I'm here. But you're onto something, actually, because uh, there was already like a sort of um, Smash clone with the PlayStation IPs. Do you ever oh, play that? Yeah, I don't yeah. even remember what it was called. I remember playing the PlayStation uh, All Stars. Yeah, PlayStation All Stars, and I remember remember playing as Kratos. And I I'll find it I found it um, very funny, you know, not, not really taking it seriously. And I only played it once, and that was it. And I'm still playing to this day um, Smash, which I played since Nintendo 64. So I think that's mm-hmm. pretty much said and done uh, in in that um, setting or whatever you want to call it in that genre. But now that you mentioned the Overwatch, um, did you guys ever play Heroes of the Storm? I did not play Heroes of the Storm. So that's like a MOBA oh, yeah. with used um, Blizzard IP characters. So you, you have uh, Diablo and and all the uh, well, some characters from Diablo and some characters from some other Blizzard game. And I thought that was funny because you see these um, characters from different games that you know playing against each other. And now that you mentioned the Overwatch kind of deal, uh, and that might be fun with the with all the new um, IPs that they have now. I think you're onto something there. Yeah, I think that would be cool. And also something we need to, I, I want to touch on though, is like the, the whole exclusive thing is a little messy because yeah. they now own all these games and all these studios and stuff like that. But PlayStation still has two, but you know, like games under that Zenimax that are going to be exclusives. We have both Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are both going to be PlayStation exclusives. So uh, Bloomberg actually reported, and this Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, he reported that... Um, that they'll honor that whole PS5 exclusivity for Deathloop and Ghostwire, and mm-hmm. anything else in terms of exclusives on non-Xbox platforms will be a case-by-case basis, and Phil Spencer is the one who told them that, too. So it's mm-hmm. a little up in the air, the little being a little um, uh, vague about what we're going to get in terms of what is 
you know, like what do exclusives look like on for Fallout or for Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield or anything like that. So or the next Doom or whatever. Um, it will be interesting to see what they do. And also, I think because I know there's that's been like the main talking point of people being like, I don't like this. Uh, I'm worried about the exclusives of the, these games, stuff like that. But I do think there's positives to take away. Like like you said, Bethesda's not in the best uh, state right now. They haven't come out with like the heavy hitter they usually come out with. Also, a lot of the games that have been published by them have underperformed despite being good games. You know, like um, I really loved Doom Eternal, but that game didn't, that game did underperform. And same with uh, Prey, which was awesome a couple of years ago and that underperformed also. So hopefully these games could do well. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing is these games do well, then people, you know, keep their jobs. And uh, for me, Personally, I know this is a little bit selfish for any of our PlayStation listeners, but I don't really care if they're exclusive or not, just for me personally, just because I already have a PC, I have Game Pass on PC, so anything that comes out, I'll be able to still play it, but I do think Xbox is not going to do what people are afraid of, because they want people to play their games, and if you and they see the PlayStation as a huge market for that too, so I don't think they're going to limit themselves because these are companies and they want money so i think some of the fears that people have are uh i think people should just settle down and just kind of wait and see where things go from there and You're it's right. also going to make it a little bit more uh, accessible too so i think i, I got, saw a great point for uh, alana pierce from funhouse and inside gaming she posted on uh, twitter saying that um when these games go to game pass there's some people who just can't afford all these big games, you know, like they, there's probably people who missed out on Doom or Fallout 4 or Fallout 76 or whatever, you know, because they just couldn't afford, you know, like all these AAA games are like 60 bucks or whatever. And it's like, oh, cool. I Well, I have Game Pass. I spend a couple bucks a month for Game Pass. And now I have Prey, Doom and, you know, like whatever other like Wolfenstein or whatever. So I think it's it's great that people more people are going to be able to play these awesome games because there's so many great games that sadly have underperformed, like I said, and so now more people will be able to play them. So it might actually help these studios make, you know, more of these flagship... Uh, the PlayStation was going so. to keep their exclusives with these um, developers or whatever that Microsoft is buying. And the fact that they are, I think, speaks volumes to you know, Microsoft itself. Like they could, I think they could have forced the developers to not honor that and instead just do it for everyone or use the Xbox. Of, of course, I don't know the caveats of their actual contracts, uh, but I wasn't aware that they were still going to be exclusives for PlayStation. And it's a question, when you say um, that the games underperform, you're meaning on sales, right? Or, yes, sales. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense, okay. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, yeah, no, I think that's a that's a really, a uh, great point to, that you made though like it's i think it's interesting to seeing like because it's probably the contract that's probably the big reason you know they're probably like man we like you get uh death loop and ghostwire tokyo oh wait we can't because the contract says so or whatever but also mm-hmm. man they would get some severe backlash though because people are really yeah. looking forward to death loop you know and if they're like oh yeah it's not a playstation exclusive anymore because xbox said fuck you then it would it would step on some toes and i think they mm-hmm. i think they're playing it right to keep the good pr that they have right now and i think that's um it's a smart move on them i think that's i think it's good for them and who knows maybe we'll get ghostwire and deathloop on other platforms maybe they'll i don't know maybe they'll 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 work something out with sony to get them on other platforms in like a year or two or whatever well there's that's no such... was, uh, sorry <laughs> sorry go ahead uh, that's what I was just going to say because I looked it up and uh, Deathloop and Ghostwire are said to be timed exclusives for PS5. Oh, gotcha. So they are honoring the timed exclusivity. I would be very surprised had the games been exclusive that Microsoft would have just left it at that. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to see that at least Microsoft is keeping those promises to the PlayStation crowd. Yeah, definitely. And also it's like, it is interesting because Xbox has tried the whole timed exclusive thing. It hasn't worked out for them because they did that with, um, I think it was the second 
uh, Tomb Raider. Maybe it was the, the latest Tomb Raider. It was one of the Tomb Raider games, the last Tomb Raider games, that one of them was like a timed exclusive for Xbox, and it just completely bombed at launch because uh, Xbox wasn't particularly popular then. Now they're a lot more popular, and pe- they've kind of won a lot of people back over to them over the last like year or two. But I do think it's a good point to just keep in mind that maybe you won't be seeing these exclusives coming to Xbox because especially Phil Spencer, like all that dude talks about is how he's like, just play the games you want to play. As long as you're playing video games, that's, that's okay by me, you know? <laughs> so I really like their message. I think Xbox is doing a great job. Um, I totally get the worries people have, but I think we need to all settle down and just kind of, let's see how things go. Maybe Xbox does right by Z- Zenimax and all those studios, or they totally um, screw up and we'll call them out on it. So just let's all chill out, you know. <laughs> the, I know the internet loves to get upset about things, but because um, Xbox uh, pre-order is going live today, like as we speak right now, and uh, man, the PlayStation pre-order thing went was a disaster because they were like, "Hey, pre- you can pre-order tomorrow," and then. Like a couple hours later, Walmart's like, you can pre-order right now. And then Target and then GameStop and, you know, like all these other retailers were like, no, you can pre-order that right now. And then it was a disaster. Scalpers or just so many people flooding these websites, they would crash or, you know, some people got them, some people didn't. Um, the Apparently, uh, reportedly, the digital edition of the PlayStation 5, there weren't as many as the disc versions. So people couldn't get the uh, the the digital version was like literally impossible while the disc version was nearly impossible. And it was a complete disaster. Um, I know NVIDIA had the same issue actually. NVIDIA's uh, 30 series that came out like what, like a week or two ago at this point. And those are also completely sold out. There's no way. And from what I'm reading, Xbox is having the same issues. I'm, I'm seeing a good amount of people get their Xboxes, but I'm also seeing a ton of people being like, I can't, this is sites are crashing or they're sold out or whatever. But to get to our story, though, PlayStation did apologize, actually. And this was really unusual for a the official PlayStation um, Twitter account to initial in the, uh, to put out this apology. They said, uh, let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we'll release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share We'll share more details and more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. So I'm not worried about my PS5 pre-order. I'm I'm a PC guy, but I do love PlayStation exclusives. I love them so much, and I'm really desperate to get my PS5. I want to play Spider-Man Miles Morales right at launch. I don't want to wait a single day after launch to get my hands on a new Spider-Man game, because I love, 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 love Spider-Man. Um... But sadly, I tried. I, I I tried so hard, guys. I would go onto websites and it'd be they're sold out, or GameStop, which was which would block people because I guess their website must have thought they're getting uh, DDoSed or whatever. I don't know what was going on on their end. Um, so yeah, it was a disaster. Uh, Bennett, what do you think? Well, I'm I'm lucky enough to be in a situation right now where I don't care to get anything at launch because like I said, like we're moving abroad later this year and we're not going to lug a bunch of consoles with us. Yeah, it's fair. Um, the the one thing that I'd I'd like everyone to remember before they freak out over having to wait two weeks to play the Demon Souls remake or whatever they're excited for. I was one of the few people in the world who bought a Wii U to play Rayman Legends at launch. And I don't know if you guys knew how that went, but oh, essentially, I, essentially I, I didn't know, I, I didn't follow what uh how yeah. how did it go? So, I heard about it, but I think it didn't work out very well. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like my brother and I saved up for a Wii U, uh, mm-hmm. specifically because we wanted to play Rayman Legends because Rayman Origins was amazing, Beyond Good and Evil is amazing, Rayman Legends was going to be amazing, definitely. Um, the problem is it was supposed to come out alongside the Wii U in November 2012, I think, and ended up releasing in uh, September of 2013. Oof. So. <laughs> 
I just want everyone to remember that having to wait a week or two, maybe even a whole month, isn't a big deal. Just give them time to figure out their supply chains yeah. and get it when it's ready. Yeah. The games are going to be better in a month than they are at launch. So, mm. Yeah, you make a good point because I still remember the memes back when uh, a PlayStation 4 had just come out, maybe one or two months afterwards. And I remember a couple of memes uh, specifically, like there was one that said, my PS2 games library, and you know, hundreds of games. And then my PS3 games library, and they have dozens of games. My PS4 library, and they have like a FIFA. Or, and that was it because there weren't any games at the point. Like they released a console and there weren't any good games to even play. And the other meme that I remember is uh, a photo of a PlayStation 4. And then it said the caption, look at my 600 or 400 or whatever dollars Netflix machine, right? So, yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, I always wait. I always wait a long time for consoles. I even, uh, I'm one of the people that always get a console, like, uh, generation behind. Like, I'm just now thinking about getting a PS4. This year, yeah, this might be the exception because I want to play God of War 2. So I might get a PlayStation 5 um, maybe next year, by the end of next year. Now, um, if it's released by the end of the game, I'll get it. And that will be my one exception so far uh, when it comes to consoles. Yeah, I'm just the type of person who just wants to get it like, right away. Um, I think it's really admirable for a PlayStation to at least recognize it, you know, because I haven't seen really anyone else. I, I assume be- because of this response that they, that they put out you know, that because Xbox is having some issues right now, that we'll probably see a Xbox be like, yeah, this, uh, we we planned this out and yet things still didn't go well and stuff like that to make, I would be interested to see if they make a statement also. I'm just the type of person, I just need it. I don't know. I just have that compulsion. I'm like, I want it now. Especially when you give me, when you tease Spider-Man in front of me, I'm just, I just, I see red. That's all. I just like, I lose my <laughs> mind. I'm like, give me Spider-Man. I want to swing around New York and such. So. Um, I just want it, and I don't have any use for my PlayStation 4. I actually sold my my PS4 Pro, the Spider-Man edition. I sold it yesterday just because I was like, well, I don't have any use for this Netflix machine, you know, so. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you have a PC as well, but yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. That's that's the thing about the PC. It's It's great. It's a good thing that I'm a very patient person because when I was building my PC, my motherboard was DOA. So I had to RMA it to a different country. Um, so that took a while. Well, it didn't kill me. <laughs> yeah. At least you survived. Mm. But uh, yeah. yeah, so now that we're just talking about next gen, I think we should just, you know, get to our main topic though. But so you guys, since you guys are, you know, like kind of waiting and stuff like that, you know, you have your own thoughts on it. But, you know, like what, what are your overall thoughts though on the PS5, the Xbox Series X and S? Bennett, what do you think of the, the consoles as a whole? Yeah, I actually think that the next console generation is finally going to like have a point again because the PS4, Xbox One X, it was one uh, limited PC with a couple of games versus the PlayStation that had all of the latest, biggest AAA games on it. Yeah. But ultimately, they were the same thing, except the Xbox was worse. Like, it was more powerful, but it had fewer games on it. So it was just a worse version of the PS5. But now with uh, PS4, sorry. Now the PlayStation 5, to me, looks like the kind of console that you get if you're passionate about video games, but don't want to deal with a PC. Whereas the Xbox is more of a casual options option, I feel. In the same way that, like, there's a difference between uh, buying, like, collector's editions of Blu-rays to deck out your shelves versus someone who just subscribes to Netflix to watch a movie to pass the time. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, probably it's kind of your job, uh, but the Xbox All Access program. Yeah, I saw about that. I Like, I know about that. The, uh, the program and such, yeah. Yeah, so basically the idea that someone, for example, like my father-in-law, who loves video games, but 
can't be bothered to keep up with them would probably get a lot out of an Xbox Series S or X if he's feeling fancy, just because you can plug it in, you have your subscription that you pay for two years, kind of like Netflix, and then you don't have to go on YouTube, watch trailers, read reviews. You can just look at thumbnails and go, oh, that looks interesting. And then when you're tired of that, EA Play is included, which is of no interest to me, but I know plenty of people who just play FIFA, and that's the only video game they play. And I I feel like the Xbox, the next generation of Xboxes is going to be perfect for that specific market of hardcore casuals who play games to pass time, but not the kind of Animal Crossing, child-friendly, or mobile phone time-wasty, but competitive shooters and sports games. Does that make sense? I think that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, you're good. Um, Luis, what, what are your thoughts? I think that's the very first time I heard hardcore casuals. <laughs> it, makes, <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I was talking on the chat the other day. I don't know if you, I don't know if you even were on the chat by then, Bennett, but I was telling a story about my friend who bought a, uh, I think it was a 70-inch TV, and he asked me to come over to play because he knew I like games, and I go there, and he indeed only has FIFA, and that's why he bought the TV to play FIFA. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a cousin crazy. like that. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't personally understand it, and I personally wouldn't do it, but I mean, there's a lead for every pot, right? Um. So when we're talking about next gen, I'm uh, in a bit of a crossroad because I've never really been interested in um, consoles since I had my PlayStation 2. I think that's the last time I was hyped for a, an actual console um, because since then I was playing here and there in different PCs, even uh, back then in the early 2000s. And right now I have my, my PC. Um, and although I think the Xbox Series X is like the best you can get performance-wise, as at least um, how it looks in paper, um, it, it just makes more, more sense to me to get a PlayStation 5 if I'm going to get a, a console at all. Um, because with the Game Pass, I can play the Xbox games anyway on the PC. And the PlayStation 5 has all the other exclusives. And now I know that there is no such thing as permanent exclusive, like everything is eventually going to be playable on PC, whether uh, because they launch it or because there is, say, an emulator or whatever. Mm, but to me, it would make more sense in the short run to just get a, a PlayStation 5 um, if I was going to get a, a console. And in that note, I would get the PlayStation 5, uh, the physical version, not the digital, because I do like having CDs. No, I like collecting them. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm just an all digital person. I think because of my PC experience, I've just, and I just don't want to deal with physical media. Um, mm-hmm. and so I've just gone fully digital. If I have to get the, uh, the disc version of the PS5, I will just, I'll just get whatever's available at this point because it's like <laughs> obviously really difficult at, uh, as of right now. But, um, yeah, I, d- I think it's so interesting. Like, yeah, because what Bennett said is like, the last generation, it was very much like Xbox was struggling. They kind of figured it out towards the end, last like two, three years or whatever. And now they've gone for this all service um, focus. And PlayStation's kind of kept doing the same thing they've always done. It was just, just like they, they sell the console to you and then you play games on it. And then they have their exclusives. You have your third parties. You could do whatever you want with it. And what? And I think it's a, I think it's a great option. I think it's what also I don't really think the uh, the whole console war idea is kind of dead now i think that's really what put it to rest just because it's like why would you fight over a console when one video games are great who cares what platform you're playing on but two they're so different now that like how could you possibly compare an xbox to a playstation when xbox is all about service like game pass and all this stuff you know but then playstation's like hey here's this awesome single player um you know like game like here's spider-man here's god of war here's all this other stuff so I think it's like it's you know it depends on what you want out of it you know like if you're I would say if you're more casual and you just want to play whatever get Game Pass and get an Xbox 
whether it's the Series S or the Series X, just get that and then you're good. You know, you can play whatever games you want to play for free. Um, obviously, you're playing your subscription, but you can just click on a game and download it. And then you're good. You know, um, if you're you want uh, what PlayStation's offering, then get a PlayStation um, for me because uh, I'm a PC guy. I have no there's literally no reason to get an Xbox. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, what's the point? spending a couple hundred bucks on a series s or x which i think they're they look really cool i'm sure they'll be great but i'm like my pc is better than those con you know those consoles and i can just play my games on game pass but i i'll definitely be getting the playstation just because it's like cool i love single player games are my jam like give me a really compelling story it's great gameplay and you know god of war spider-man those are some of the best games of the last generation and so I'll just I'll get those. I'll just I'll go play those and I'm good. And I think that's what's great is we have more options now than ever, too, because you still have also the Nintendo crowd, too. So you get your if you want your Nintendo games, you go there. If you want your PlayStation games, you go there. Or if you want service and games, then you can go to Xbox. So I think the options are absolutely wonderful for what we have. And I think just like the overall things of what they're doing, you know, it's like there's because like you said the xbox is a little bit more powerful which i don't think it's gonna make a huge difference to be honest but then you have the the uh the playstation's gonna be a little bit faster too so i think most people don't care about i i I think most people don't really care about the tech aspects of it but i do think for those techie people um you also have that end of things too um, yeah, definitely. As far as predictions go, I believe um, in the long run, PlayStation is going to sell more. Um, it's Agreed. Just, yeah. I mean, I think that's no question. I mean, PlayStation has dominated, well, dominated PS, the PS4 era. Um, before, them, before that one, I think Xbox, the Xbox 360, I think, beat um, the PlayStation 3. Yeah, you're And correct. previous to that, the PlayStation 2 was also the, the I think the most popular, but I also had a, a GameCube at the time which I loved. Yeah, yeah, you you always have to consider. Uh, it's weird that Nintendo's never in the question, you know, for these sort of things when I think they should absolutely be. But um, yeah, I think no, you're right on though because it was PS2, then 360, then uh, then now PS4, and I think because PS4's reputation is so high though, like it's just like. It did so phenomenal, and Xbox had stumbled so hard in the beginning for so long. I I agree. I think PS5 is going to be the winner. Uh, if you could say there's like a true winner, um, I think with how many people have Game Pass now, it's you could argue one way or another. But I think in terms of hardware, like actual console sales, yeah, it's going to be PlayStation. Bennett, do you uh, agree? Disagree? Well, I think it'll strongly depend on how Microsoft decides to continue spending money. Because if you think about it, them announcing that they're purchasing Bethesda for $7.5 billion the day before the pre-orders go live shows a willingness that they're willing to spend a lot on marketing stunts. Yeah. And right. if they're if they're keeping this up, then I think they might actually win over like a whole new crowd of people who don't usually play video games if they do like if they play their cards right they actually might become as big as netflix with an amazing service including the xcloud streaming and everything so i honestly am not sure that the ps5 will win just because the Xbox is such amazing value for the casual hardcore crowd. Yeah, they hit both those markets of casually and hardcore. And then you yeah. have that, that middle ground that you call the casual hardcore, which is, um, I think, an accurate description for those types of people. Mm-hmm. I still think one of the uh, main points here to consider is uh, the momentum that Sony has with PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 beating on the uh, on, on Microsoft's um, consoles uh, on the previous two generations. I think the momentum alone is going to get a lot of people buying the PS5 just because, oh, I had a PS4 and I had a PS3, so let's just continue because I do believe people tend to um, go for whatever console they played first, uh, whatever console they just had. And because 
PS3 and PS4 will won by, by a landmark, I think that's going to boost PS5 sales. And then the people that like um, Xbox are going to be like, well, all my friends are on PS uh, PlayStation, so I mean, I might as well. Yeah, because actually the beginning of this uh, generation, I bought an Xbox One at, at launch. Oh boy, that was a mistake. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but all my friends were on PlayStation, so a couple of years mm -hmm. later, I eventually got a PlayStation and I sold my Xbox. Because I think I, I get it. the only game I got out of that Xbox that was really worth it is I love Sunset Overdrive. That's like one of my favorite games this past generation. And Insomniac, please make another Sunset, please, please, please. Um, I hope that Sony can get you know since they now they own their them, maybe we can get a. Uh, a new game for that but that's that was basically it. that was the only thing that made my purchase somewhat worth it was that and other than that i kind of regret spending the 500 bucks to uh get that though um but uh but yeah i think it'll be a tighter race i think you know like because you have two solid arguments of like the momentum of playstation but then the service of uh of xbox you know it, um but uh, it it's just like it would be interesting to see like how close it's gonna be because I it's not gonna be like a landslide like this was a landslide right you know, um, rather than it being like oh who's gonna win Xbox or PlayStation it was like no it's PlayStation play PlayStation one you know like it was it was no competition at all it was just like complete landslide so I think it'll be interesting to see how close the console sales are but i think it's also going to be like you'll see the console sales but then you'll also see the game pass users next to that because i think it's it i think it's going to be also unfair to just compare just the console sales um too so i'm not yeah. too sure it, it can go either way i think that's the thing that's so confusing about this this, this generation I think it, this could be the best game generation out there because you have all these options. The games that are coming out all look great. Even for Xbox, they have like some games I'm looking forward to also, not just PlayStation. But I'm like, man, it can go either way. I have no idea how it's going to go because you know, like people may have a bad taste in their mouth on Xbox, but they may also have forgiven them and see the direction they're going and like that that direction. So, man, I I have no idea. You guys, you both have torn me on this. Now I, I don't know what to think. Um, yeah, I think the only console that I that I would say won by a landslide was the PlayStation Two. I think it sold like an insane amount of copies, didn't it? Yeah, uh, no, it's like I think it's one of the best selling consoles of all time. No, it is actually the best selling console of ever. I think. That, yeah, you're right. right. Now. It's one hundred and fifty seven point sixty eight million units. Jesus, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, I know Follow. the PS4 has a, an obscene amount. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, PlayStation 4 is 88.06 um, uh, uh, as of end of 2019, I think, when this article was made. So in order goes number one, PlayStation 2, and then Nintendo DS with almost 160 million. Then the oh you know the retro Game Boy the original Game Boy 120 yeah. million PlayStation One then Nintendo Wii I didn't think it was that popular then PlayStation Four PlayStation Three and then the Xbox 360 on um, eighth place <laughs> this list uh, where did you see, where are you seeing that on uh, oh it's the Guinness World Records dot com oh, okay <laughs> yeah um, so actually so you said PS4 was at like 80 something million uh. I'm actually on Push Square, and they they have it at around 109 million units. Oh, well, this one was brought up um, by end of 2018. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the article I have is from March 2020. Okay. So in just two years, it sold tw like over 20 million more consoles. That's man. That's that's, my, <laughs> that's the momentum I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I think Xbox one i'm not too sure it does uh if it says here exactly but um i'm trying to try and look that up uh because it'd be interesting to see like where xbox is at now too because i think they're at, they're at like roughly 50 million as from what i see Oof. um that's double the amount but yeah. uh how many game pass users did you say there were 
Did you right say? now, 15 million. Oh, okay. So they have <laughs> like that because I'm sure not all those people have um, an Xbox too. Nope. So it's hard to kind of calculate exactly how many people are in the Xbox ecosystem because some people might have an Xbox with Game Pass. Some people might not have an Xbox but have Game Pass on PC. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these different things, all these different factors to consider with that. Yeah, that's the um, one advantage that Xbox has, well, Microsoft as a whole, because they have uh, the console. And, well, I mean, how many PCs do you know that run on Linux, for, for instance? Linux? Yeah. They all run running Windows, so they can also take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, for you guys, though, are there, like, any next-gen games you're really looking forward to, like some of your top next-gen games, whether they're launch or maybe they're out uh, a little bit further from there? Ben, go for it. Yeah, okay. Well, it's uh, something that I actually mentioned in the Discord that I find very amusing, that the games I'm looking forward to playing the most on the PS5 when I'll eventually get it are Bloodborne and the Demon's Souls remake. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what the, if that says more about the launch lineup or more about myself, but... <laughs> Those are the two Souls games that matter that I actually haven't played. Uh -huh. So, is I'm Bloodborne really and what else? Uh, Demon's uh, Souls. The Demon's Souls. Oh, the Demon's Souls. Okay, I never played yeah. the, the original Demon's Souls, but Bloodborne is excellent, though. I did play that uh, on PS4, and holy shit, that game's great. I tried um, playing it on PS Now on my PC once, but as it turns out, it doesn't just bind the touchscreen button to back. So I couldn't open my menu. So that was a short-lived oh. experience. Oh, that sucks. Luis, what about you? Uh, just a first uh, first comment. I don't I don't think it speaks uh, about the launch lineup or you per se. I think it speaks of a trend in a generation. We were talking about this, I think, two weeks ago. You guys weren't on the podcast. Um, we were talking about the recycling of the games, the recycling of you know past experiences, and that was a very good conversation but yeah a lot of people are hyper for the remakes and remasters as far as myself i think the only game that i absolutely have to get uh eventually i don't have to get it at lunch or anything will be god of war too. oh dude i can't believe they tease <laughs> that too like what like one last thing and then it's god of war of course i mean that's also the um oh what do you call it the um tactic to sell which yeah. worked for them i think xbox would have would have been better off uh revealing the cinemax purchase before the playstation uh pre-purchase went on yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's but a, yeah that's a good point definitely god of war is the one for me yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to god of war obviously i think ratchet and clank uh rift apart looks incredible i cannot wait to play that game that's probably my top game, I would say. Um, I'm looking forward to Horizon Forbidden West, too. I didn't love Horizon Zero Dawn like most people, but I really enjoyed it a lot. I actually beat it for the first time on PC since it came out on there. Um, and obviously, Spider-Man, I'm just going to say it again. I cannot wait for Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales. But you know, on the Xbox side, like I think Scorn looks really interesting. I'm very curious to see what that game's all about. And the medium, too. So two, like kind of like horror games that, the, that Xbox has in their lineup that I'm really looking forward to mm -hmm. and kind of curious about. Plus, I'll get those games for free, so I have nothing to lose whatsoever, even if I hate them. So <laughs> I guess that's the uh, that's the great thing about Game Pass, though, is you have nothing to lose when you play a game. It could be awful, and yet you just waste <laughs> like an hour or two of your time, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not into this, whatever. And mm -hmm. you move on with your life. It's great. Exactly. Um, is there any final thoughts you guys have on the uh, next-gen consoles? Um, in general, I think um, there's still a long way between consoles and PC, and I'm sticking to PC mainly. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> I'll, I'll just play the PlayStation exclusives, but then I'll, I'll uh, stick to every th all the third-party games will be on my PC. Uh, Bennett? Yes, sir. I feel like I'm going to probably stick to PC and Switch for the most part. Mm. But like like you guys said, even though I personally am not super interested in God of War, 
Um, there are a lot of PlayStation 5 games that I look at or that my wife looks at and we just go, okay, okay, we want that one. Yeah. Like, uh, my wife's really excited for Ratchet & Clank, even though they've never seen or played a Ratchet & Clank game before. They just think it looks really pretty and cute, so... Uh, it's very accurate. That's uh, Ratchet and the Clink in a nutshell. Is they're very pretty games. They're very cute and very fun. Yeah, I believe it. Sweet. Well, you guys, uh, thank you for uh, joining me today. And uh, where can people find you, Bennett? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me obviously on Keen Gamer, Bennett Gearing Nobby. You can find me on Twitter, Bennett Does Games. You can find me on WordPress and YouTube. Also, Bennett does games, and most recently on Book Pact, which is a podcast on Rapid Peach on YouTube, where my wife and I have agreed to both write novels before their twenty-eighth birthday. So oh, that's nice. an adventure. Wow. How much time do you guys have until you're twenty-eight? Uh, they turn twenty-eight in two years. Okay. In June. So yeah. <laughs> That's well, exciting. Good luck. That's very cool. Luis, okay. where could people find you? Um, I'm on King Gamer, Luis Cano, but I'm not really in social media. I have a Twitter for reading news. Don't even have a photo on it. So that's it. Just King Gamer. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, people obviously, obviously can follow you know, all of us on King Gamer, myself included. Um, people can also find me on Twitter at Legend of Zeldin. And uh, thanks for all listening. We'll see you next time, friends. Thank you. You're right.